0: This episode is powered by DEN Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and, of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. Hey, welcome to Den Talks podcast. This is Tall, and I'm your host and founder of Den Meditation. We have a Rona Lee on today. She's the founder of Moon Deck. This Moon Deck is beautiful, by the way. So I suggest you get your hands on some. And she has a whole booklet with it too of things you can do and how to use it if you're someone like me who doesn't actually know how to use these things. So anyway, it's all about intuition, and we talk a ton about intuition and how you can get more in touch with it, but also we caught it a really cool period. She just got back from Bali, back from exploring, and she just feels like she's at the precipice of growing and doing even more, and she's not even sure what that is yet. Sound familiar? I know we can all relate. We can all relate to that moment of feeling like there's purpose or something more, but you don't know how to put your finger on it, and you don't know what it is. So enjoy this discussion. Hopefully, you can relate to it. Hopefully, it gives you some pointers on how you can slowly ride it, navigate it, and get to where you need to get to. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, she is coming in July 13th to the La Brea location. It is a Saturday night. Enjoy it. We're doing an amazing workshop. So please come. Again, that's Saturday, July 13th. We'll see you soon. Bye. Oh, wait. So your dad, we're talking about Arana Leah. Arana Leah. It's actually, it's beautiful. Thank you. And you know what's great about it? Like you can go anywhere and they're not gonna butcher it. Like the accents work well with it, except for maybe Asia. <laughs> Might not be your best. But like Europe probably gets your name like beautifully.
1: I hope so, yeah. I mean, I think uh I've always dealt with name stuff growing up. It's just I'm you get used to it. Me constantly correcting people.
0: Or I don't even, but then people are like or when people really apologize, I'm like, I really don't care. I'm like, when you're raised with this name, like you learn to like let go of it super quickly. I think.
1: Do you, I? I if I'm gonna know someone and have an ongoing relationship with them, and it's not a one-time thing, then I do correct. Yes, it.
0: makes sense. Yeah. Or if they don't catch on at some point, or are you kind of like, are you not paying attention? <laughs> but Arana Leah, I love it. And she was saying before, like, uh, we were getting on that your dad is European Jew, mm-hmm, right? Jewish, and my father.
1: Uh, Judaism was the most consistent, I guess, in my life, you could say. And then uh, my mom is Cherokee and Choctaw and French. So her side comes from, like, Louisiana, Cajun, Creole, French, Indian. And she was raised Jehovah but became
0: Buddhist, but we'd celebrate Christmas with her. Amazing. So you (laughs) had all of this in your life at once.
1: Yeah. Any voodoo? Not voodoo, but my mom definitely was a magical thinker and... um, definitely uh encouraged that curiosity in me which I had at a young age so she did like what does that mean the magical stones and and um she believed in otherworldly things and would teach me at a young age how to cast a protective ball of light around me
0: really yeah like how young Pretty young. Um, and, like, in what regard? Like, going into preschool? Was she like, <laughs> put the ball around you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not preschool, probably. Maybe, gosh, I, my timeline's a little blurry, but I don't know. When would it, I guess, when I started getting curious about stuff, like seven, eight, maybe? Yeah, when I had more questions. But she was always into that stuff. And, um, she, my mom's kind of a long story, but she, yeah, she was very otherworldly. She was kind of out there and she was into out-of-body experiences, teaching me how to cast light around me whenever I had questions about spirituality or I used to have these interesting experiences with my great-grandfather who passed away when I was nine months and he was the Choctaw. I would talk to her about it and she would help me navigate that. So by interesting
0: experiences, meaning like he would come visit you? Yeah, I
1: had like a uh one time he came visit me and it was this whole experience that I had one afternoon. I was home alone and then and then I used to see him before I went to bed like every night and and I brought it up to her because it was sort of starting to freak me out. Like I just saw him in my mind's eye. And had you seen pictures of him? Did you know it was him? Yeah, yeah. My mom always had a like a painting
0: of him. Oh, painting. Yeah. Like big wall size. A pretty
1: big painting, like (laughs) portrait of him with his like featherhead piece. And he was a character. Yeah. He was, I want to learn more actually. In fact, I've recently, um, have had, my mom passed away two years ago. So yeah. And, and she's in a much happier place now. She struggled. This wasn't like her planet. She struggled, uh, with addiction and alcoholism and bipolar and some manic stuff. So I just, she couldn't quite get her bearings here, you know, but she also was beautiful and intelligent and had a contagious laugh, but she definitely was not a conventional mom and it wasn't easy having her as a mom. I was going
0: to say, how was that?
1: It was difficult. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, my parents split when I was four and I have an older brother, Sean, who's six years older than me. And, um, and he kind of had to, I mean, he was older, so he got I think I got saved a few years in some ways from some of the chaos. Right. Uh, but my parents split, and then I ended up living with my dad. So my father is, is, and my stepmom came into my life when I was six. So I basically was raised by them. But I would go see my mom every summer, Christmas and Easter break, at least for some time. And um, and those for me, those trips were always so full of adventure, and you know, and. My mom was always the one that we'd get throw our shit in a car and drive across country or go live in Hawaii on the beach with the locals for a couple months. And then my dad was like the nice, more stable, you know, hotels. And our vacations were vacations. But I would also sometimes have to leave early visiting my mom because she was often involved in not great relationships. And there'd be, like, like drinking and sometimes abuse and things like that. And I would actually have to uh, go home early because things were kind of flying off the wall. So...
0: Isn't it amazing? It's like, n- no extreme comes without the other side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like how amazing that you got those experiences. And like you came in here, and we were chatting for like a half an hour about your adventures in Bali and what it's done for you. So it's like, I'm sure you got so much adventurous spirit from your mom. Definitely. And obviously, we'll get more into it, but so much of this kind of magic from your mom and this connection to like the universe and how lucky are you that you had this grounding force from your dad at the same time?
1: Yeah, my dad's like, he also is oddly zen. Sometimes he says stuff, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dad, you know. And he he's like very hardcore, has built what he has from the ground up, a very, very work successful, um, wise business consultant that sort of blew up during the dot-com falling apart and and, and you good know. for him yeah so he's like i'm going to a bankruptcy conference you know like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so he's you're
0: like i'm gonna go read a read a moon
1: deck yeah <laughs> i think we're like seeing eye to eye a little more i think aspects of my life probably terrify him but yeah i i i'm i feel like i've you know he has a certain idea of security and a part of what he shares is true like he's my elder and he's seen more and like pieces of that I need to listen to. And and I do listen to, and I have my own business and I go to him a lot for advice on that. Uh, but I do do things differently and see the world differently and know that you asked me what's being born earlier when we were talking before we started recording. And it's, it's just this, I don't know what it is, but it's just something that I've been born with that feels like lifetimes old that, um, Aspects of life wants to hijack, but my soul just won't let it. And it's this almost like can like this e- these forces that are putting pressure to kind of birth it. And that's why I think Bali was so special for me because I felt like I could, you know, it was only two months, which is great. Two months is a lot. But you know, I just want to sink, you know, it's a lifetime compared to two months that I'm <laughs> working yeah. with. Balancing and and uh yeah, balancing the masculine with the feminine, the magic with the with the grounded, earthy human reality, and and, and and I've already done a great job doing that, but I know there's way more
0: where I don't doubt myself, self-doubt something I've struggled Have with. Have you ever had, like, a conventional job? Not really. Because I know you were hugely successful in yoga, teaching yoga, and you were saying she was, used to do these amazing, like, soundscapes with orchestras and stuff. That's what I was going to say. Have you ever, like... That's interesting. Not really, yeah. I, um, I
1: mean, I've worked for yoga studios and have dealt with a lot of contracts and have, a, you know, oh, right, yeah, all that th- stuff. But I haven't really had a boss, per se, except for
0: bosses of gigs or, a, stu- you know, I've been with. So you've always been really clear somehow since you were, like, obviously you were curious younger and we can get more into that. But you've always kind of always been clear that this is the area. Like, you might be still finding what you're going to be doing, and that changes constantly for all of us. But you've always kind of known this is the area of life which you want to walk.
1: I think so. Uh, I've always known it and something has always kept me there. But I definitely have gotten in my own way or didn't always have the confidence to maybe push it forward as as much as I could have. Uh, And that's all things I'm learning now and everything is, I think, in its right time. Um, But I went to school originally for, well, I went originally for journalism, for I always liked to write, but I ended up in the art school for photography and mixed media arts. And I was a, I did massive installations and really exploring uh, communication and body image and, you know, things from my dark past expressed through <laughs> through the art. And then when I left, it was like photography for work. So I started, oh, actually I went to India for six months and documented the Maha Kumbh Mela, which is a massive Hindu festival. And now did
0: you go there because you wanted to go there? Or I you wanted commissioned to. Together? So that's interesting. It's like, that's yeah, it was a very clear kind call. of, yeah. Now, talk to me about, you just said your art installations represented your dark past, so I want to know what that means for you, a dark past. Yeah. Like what, what was that? And also simultaneously, and you can take whichever one you want first, talk to me about having this kind of, not strict necessarily, but a dad who's more from the stable, you know, business-oriented sense, and then, like, kind of, it sounds like a little kookier, adventurous mom how did you navigate that as far as n- finding yourself? Because it seems like you are very clear of who you are. Again, it's always growing and changing, but how did you navigate that? Like, how did you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and even now you make jokes like, oh, my dad kind of like makes fun of me for saying this. And and he actually said something insightful. I can't believe it. But like, he's very insightful. That I, I, I know for sure. Zen. He, yeah. Well, he, he'll say
1: certain things where I'm just kind of like, okay, and, he has a very different brain than me, though, you know, so mm-hmm. he's able to switch off and I don't have that switch the way. And, and I think we're he's we're finally understanding that about each other.
0: But that's what I mean. When you're with someone who has a different brain, sometimes I can go badly, even yeah. though it's never intention to be that way. It,
1: yeah, exactly. And I think I'm learning that. And as I get older, that you know, not to carry that baggage because I was growing up a highly sensitive child and I was told often, like, stop being so sensitive. You're so sensitive. You can't feel your way through things. And it's like, well, I'm fucked because that's what I do. So what does that mean?
0: Because I, I... Sorry, I am also, I allowed to cuss on here? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm from New Jersey. Like, <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> the fact that I actually haven't dropped like five F-bombs yet is actually impressive. You must be like cleansing my, me as my we're My parents sitting here. both had, yeah, their mouths oh, too. Oh, biggest potty mouth. It's horrible. Me. So... Feel free. Feel <laughs> fucking free. Um, so how sensitive childs, like talk to me what that means because I feel like especially as adults or parents, like I'm a parent now too, we all see that. Like you say, oh, when is a child truly, I mean all kids are sensitive, all people are sensitive to an extreme and then there's different levels of it. So what does that mean?
1: Um, I think for me and the people I think I've worked with through the Moon Deck and other things uh, where they relate to my language, is that I, and I'll speak for myself first, because that's easier, is, uh, well, I think for one, when you grow up with with a lot of change and uncertainty and some chaos, that that creates a certain sensitivity. I guess it could go one of many ways. That's what the direction went for me, and it kind of sharpened my antennas, and um, I was kind of ready to, I was ready for the unexpected to happen sometimes, or we would move a lot, or, or, you know whatever it was so I for me it was being sensitive to my surroundings um I had a a strong curiosity as a child for understanding God and spirituality and you know even from go had a curiosity about cemeteries it wasn't always like sparkly you know or I could think I, I thought I could speak tongues because my friend could, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to make up my language." And you <laughs> Do know, you still and remember I, it? Not really. <laughs> I mean, if I played with it, maybe. But I think I did it because it helped me feel protected sometimes. Or I would feel like sometimes I would feel energy behind me, like, and I don't know if it was real or if it was just my own anxiety as a child. And I would kind of play with calling out Jesus' name, or speak tongues, or pray to God, or, um, and i would not, I. I I don't I'm not any particular religion. I feel deeply spiritual and I've been exposed to a lot of religions. I would even sleep at friends' houses and be like, "Well, what do you guys do on <laughs> Sunday?" you know And uh, I love all of them. you know I, I think religion's beautiful and I, I wish a lot of them could get back to their more animistic foundation and mystical foundation which I feel like most religions are based from. based from, and that's the part of it that I feel really connected to and that's a curiosity as a sensitive child that I think I always had. And my feelings would get hurt very easily, just like basic, ten, you know, sensitivity, tenderness. I would personalize and internalize things, which is something I'm still working on. Um, yeah. And I think all of that eventually shifted into, when I said a dark past, is I struggled with bulimia, pretty hardcore, for 10 years, starting at like um, 12, maybe, and... And it was kind of like a thing. A few friends were doing it, you know, and then some of them went on and then for others it stuck and and I kept it secret and I really wanted help, but then I would have a few good weeks and thought I could handle it on my own. And then eventually I finally, you know, just fell to my knees in prayer asking for support. So I think the sensitivity is twofold. It gave me a, did you pray
0: a lot as a kid?
1: I did, yeah, in my own kind of way. I also collected crystals at a young age. I had a huge crystal collection. And I grew up in LA, so during the earthquake, I just remember them going everywhere. That really big one in what year was Wait, that?
0: Wait, that's amazing. 95. I know was it 94 no I think it was 80 there was an 80 maybe it was 80 something it was like the 86 or something yeah and uh this is your history you I, know. Know. I'm just I know
1: I oh, know I think I, they actually say like when you've had trauma as a child you just it like it all gets well I f- have a lot of memories I just think the timeline's a little blurry but um but if I thought about it I could I could think
0: about it and but I so and I say, find crystals like on the street
1: no 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 I had a lot in my room oh yours was, like, went everywhere I was a collector of them and I just want to retract that too. When I say trauma, I also had, I think there was so much love in my life growing up and there was so much magic and there was so much still support that that was the saving grace. And just amidst that, it was everyone's had their, their thing. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't easy. And there are byproducts from that that I've had to learn to clean up and heal and balance. And oddly enough, that's become my work. And so I always say what was for my survival became my passion turned profession and, um, yeah, and it's a beautiful thing. And I, the more I surrender to that and accept that this is a path with depth and meaning and balance out all the pieces, is, it's just going to keep, you know, expanding into something positive. And, um, yeah, but I'm always, a, you know, I'm a work in progress. I mean, we all are. Yeah. What do
0: you feel, like, what, what do you feel like people who come to you or that you work with, what do you feel like is the biggest... Like most repeated issue
1: I think that um, I think that it would be people who want to be more in touch with their intuition and not doubt themselves so much. It's the same things that I've dealt with um, who are maybe in a tr- big transition in life and are kind of just need that confirmation of next steps um, You know, I used to be a holistic health counselor and a yoga teacher and a lot more client-based. Now clients come in the form of oracle readings with the Moon Deck, which takes all this experience into that reading. And then by the end, they're prescribed a set of rituals um, that can be really simple, like three minutes a day simple, that they get, which is very specific to whatever they're working on in the session. So I think I offer a space where people can really bring anything to the table. It's not going to shock me it's okay if it's like dark and dreary or they (laughs) are they like or they just simply want to fine-tune their intuition and they just want to get back on track with being in their power Um, I think I offer that space for that authenticity and I think that vulnerability and I'm really dedicated because of my own experiences to helping people through whether it's through a product or a session or a class or how I run my business which I'm always I'm sure you know learning how to lead with more grace um (laughs) is uh that that this is a space where it's it's just so important on the planet right now and certainly has been for me that we transform shame into acceptance acceptance is so important like accepting our mistakes accepting others mistakes uh, 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 recognizing where we're holding shame and putting love into that and you know, shifting self-loathing into self-love, shifting I mean, doubt into trust, anxiety into presence, all this is has been my path and is my path. And I feel like I'm finally, after so many years of work, like feeling it. And as I said, Bali has really helped. <laughs> um, but I just, I feel like I have a really divinely guided path and and I don't know what it is exactly yet I think it's just going to keep revealing itself but the more I trust it and the more I surrender to it which is really scary for me um,
0: the more it's just going to start flowing well talk about well, for sure talk about that a little bit of how it feels scary because you did say like that was my path of like learning how to really trust myself my intuition which is why I love to help people with that like where do you feel like you remember kind of those big moments where you kind of had to take that leap finally of trusting your intuition um Gosh,
1: I think I've been doing it all along. So I think that's a piece of it is like giving ourselves credit because I'm my worst critic. Um, and that's also s- learning to soften. And uh, I think, you know, the trip I wanted to take to India or uh, being a major in photography. I was at, in school terrified to tell my father and he's super supportive. I couldn't have had a more supportive father when I was taking a leap into art school. And so that was one of those times where it was so clear I felt high. Like, this is what I'm doing. It was the same when I took this India trip for six months. Um, That was in my early 20s, and I ended up photographing this massive Hindu festival and ended up being there this festival. I mean, it happens every few years, but this particular one won't happen again for 144 years, and I feel like I end up in these moments that are like that throughout my life. Yeah. It was an incredible trip. Um, I think that... uh, launching the moon deck, like doing that. I just knew it had to happen. That was a strong instinct, intuition. I mean, it's happening every day. Um, I mean, even it's just like, do we listen to that voice that's well, saying I say, how go do to ta- a class or not?
0: You know, I mean. Well, talk about that voice for people. What does that voice sound like? Because a lot of people, that's what they struggle for. They're like, well, is it? I talk to myself all the time. Like, when is it the intuition? When is it the ego? When is it you just babbling in monkey minds? Right.
1: I think I think that um, if it's coming from a place of fear or worry, it's probably not intuition. And it's more old programming, old, you know, belief systems that aren't working anymore. Um, If there's like a battle inside about something, um, if there's a lot of confusion, I would say that's not intuition. And I'm learning, you know, ideally we're listening to intuition soon enough that so we're not getting get to a place of complete panic, run. But right. sometimes we have to get to that place where our intuition's like, run, because we weren't listening to all the other more subtle signs. Right. So, ideally, you're not getting to that place of like immense panic. And of course, sometimes our intuition's going to save us in moments, but there might have been that little voice that was like, don't go. Right. You know, so I think it's practice, like everything to answer that question is just practice listening to it. And sometimes you might have listened to it. And it was spot on. And sometimes you might have listened to it and it wasn't. You're like, oh, actually, that was that other voice. I was doing this because I thought the other person wanted me to. Or, right. you know, or I thought that was the should that I should do instead of like this is true to me and I'm not going to guilt trip myself. And, and I think the more we start to do that, the more we strengthen that muscle. And then a real – for me, in my life, there's a lot of serendipity, synchronicity that I know I've been listening to my intuition that's a clear sign for me and a way to listen to it and be in right relationship with intuition and with spirit source whatever you want to call it is by recognizing the signs and validating them because we're constantly not validating them because it's not the education we've been fed we've been fed to listen to advertisements and listen to media because that's concrete yeah and it's it's not though somebody made that up from their
0: imagination right (laughs) right And and made up what they want to sell and how they're going to sell it. And the next thing you know, we're like eating it up.
1: Yeah. And I think there's exercises. I mean, meditation obviously can help us greatly with our intuition. Journaling, like free form writing without editing. Are you
0: a big journaler? I am. Yeah. Well, you're a writer.
1: Yeah. I go through phases, but I I do love it. I always have a journal on me. When did you start meditating? I started meditating probably around when I started yoga 23 years ago.
0: That's interesting because even though they are absolutely one and the same and tied together, in today's day and age, they've been so separated. Yeah. I I mean, they're starting to come back, back, I feel like, again.
1: I mean, I definitely started with asana, and it was like I was learning breathing, and I was learning physical yoga. But I think in, yeah, those classes, we were still, meditation was a part of the class experience for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it is life-changing.
1: It is. And I don't think I stuck with it the way I stuck with yoga. Meditation has definitely ebbed and flowed over those years now it's extremely consistent for me but it was definitely about the like physical practice and breathing in this way and i was you know quote unquote good at yoga and (laughs) i was just kind of like wow and i was young i mean you know right so i i uh i really i told you my brother introduced it to me during a time where i was feeling kind of low and depressed and probably that was like the tail end of the bulimia to be honest and Mm -hmm. um And do you remember the last time I was like just such a shape shifter then it was like from being like normal and bright to just like just enclosed and contracted and just was that for a period of time or in and out into that I was in and out of it you know I did end up um, yoga really helped Um, my own self made. I guess, rituals and prayers and whatever I was doing just to, to find balance. And then I w- the thing was then the pendulum would swing because I was also really into health and organic at the time. It was like I was kind of exposed to all of that for the first time. So I would the pendulum would then swing into these crazy cleanses and juices, and then I would be like laser beams coming into my eyes, and then I would get overwhelmed with the seemingly perfection that I had achieved, and then I would get overwhelmed with that, you know, self. Again, it was like my own insanity being like now i have to maintain this and then that would just swing at the pendulum the other way it was pretty painful time so talk about finding the balance so finding the balance for me was yoga for sure um it was i did end up going to 12 step for a few years in new york Um, and actually during that time i stepped out of yoga because i couldn't at that, just at, right when I was really getting into it, I actually couldn't bear to be in my body. And I didn't want to be around anyone that knew me. I just kind of needed to, to, to be hide. anonymous and dive into this other world that sort of saved my life. And I didn't even do the full 12 steps. And um, I mean, I did a lot of it, but I, I didn't kind of dive into I the did system. I and a half. <laughs> I'm so like, as soon as like a, a too strong of a systems put on me, I've always kind of like- Me too. Needed to just do it my own way, but it really helped because of the community. And I think and to be able to be in a room and talk about what I was going through and not and have people completely understand how abstract it was, but totally get it. Whereas I just think when my family found out, they got they did not know how to deal with it and in at all. So it was just like,
0: how did they react? Were they,
1: um, did
0: they just ignore it? Were they disappointed? kind of ignored it. My dad
1: and my stepmom I think they got a little upset with me at yeah. first, actually. They kind of got angry, but you know like, I d- what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. And 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 then kind of ignored it, but I think just trusted I was doing it. and I was like probably a little secretive about it because I didn't have the capacity to have anyone else's opinion yeah. in- involved my mom she didn't do much but she (laughs) I think she I think she struggled with it too so she would kind of like cry and say I'm sorry I passed this on to you and it was kind of this like someone I could turn to if I was having a really hard time I really could tell her anything but then sometimes I was like I just didn't want to deal with that either and 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 like it's okay I just need to like get better now and so I think, honestly, the saving grace was 12-step, was yoga, was, I mean, really very intentional, deeply, searingly sincere prayer. I mean, I just was like, really, I think when, it, when prayer is really clear and emotionally charged, it's very real. And that was the level of how much I wanted to be
0: well instead of sick. Do you have tips to a good prayer for people, like an effective prayer? Like uh, you were saying when it's emotionally charged, and I mean
1: I don't have a prayer, I kind of riff, but I think I think a prayer um like so after my meditations in the morning, I typically sh- close it with a prayer um, and I'll usually start with saying thank you, and you can be speaking to God, source, spirit, oneness, divine, whatever you want to name it. I have a few things and I'll like I have other spirit guides I work with. I, I I work with my mom now that she's moved on. I was gonna and ask you that. My great grandfather who I mentioned and my paternal grandma. Um so I'll kind of like you know, and, and again, this comes back to the intuition thing, like just trusting, like as far out as it might seem, trusting the relationship I have with them, trusting what I think they represent for me, whether it's real or not. It's very real to me. And the more real I make it, the more balance I have in my life, so why not, you know, and um, so I'll usually start with thank you, um, and I, and you know, however one wants to be thankful in their inner dialogue with that, and then uh, I do like to hold my hands in prayer, either to my forehead or at my heart, Um, and then from thank you, if I'm really needing support that day, I ask for support if I'm struggling with anxiety, or I'm going through a heartbreak, or I'm just, in over my head. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. Help me. Like I turn this over to you and which is kind of 12 step. And my older brother has really <clears throat> helped me with some of that. He's been a, a big light in my life and teacher. And he's actually been sober for 16 years in 12 step So he, there's a lot of that language around, but it's been so helpful. Cause for me, it just grounds me and it, it just gets me out of my own forceful will. Like I know in this Spiritual world of manifestation and da, da, da It's like our will, our will. And uh, to be honest, like, yes, I'm reclaiming some of that on one hand. And on the
0: other hand, like, that's gotten me in trouble. No, no, we talk about this all the time. I mean, Nicole probably knows. I, I talk about this on this podcast a lot with people because if you really think about it, when and look, I get to have a lot of amazing conversations. It's, yes, you're taught in manifestation, like, put your will on it. Ask for exactly what you want. But the problem that I, I agree with you that's getting mixed up in this is – A, the purity of what you're asking for is like losing the message, not getting the global sense of what it is you need and seeing how that unfolds. Because everyone's like, be as specific as you want and it'll happen. It's like, but that might not necessarily be what should happen.
1: And it might not be what happens.
0: And it might not be what happens. You know, like
1: that's just the truth of life sometimes.
0: Absolutely. And then the other part, which you're getting at right now, which is the, when you can actually let go of the control of it and actually give into the power that we're connected to and who we are this shit is even more magical than you as your own soul being could actually even possibly totally. imagine. So in a weird way, you're actually limiting yourself by like, being yeah. like, fix it this way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then for me, being a control freak, perfection, I mean, that's where a lot of these dis- disorders come from. It's like, you know, along with some other things, but like, I I didn't, (laughs) I like the list as long, (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't need to feed that more, like feed the control, the need for control to control my environment and to control this little space around me and to, you know, so yeah, for me, I had to break out of that and let go of my will, if you, if you will. And, and, and now, (laughs) now I'm kind of reclaiming some of that in a healthier way. And, Um, And to finish the prayer. So I would ask for help that day if I really need it. If I don't, it's just like, thank you. And like kind of setting the tone for the day. And then I'll go into family if there's resentment work to do, Um, you know, forgiveness work. I'll, I'll go into that a little bit. I've had like periods of time where I'll be working with something in particular. And that's been a big theme for me the last few years.
0: And um, and, and after then I will did I feel like you was there a lot you had to tie up emotionally for you?
1: Um, well, so during the same time, I was going through a divorce in there, yeah. yeah, tough. and the same few months. So for many months, him and I were kind of going through it in New York, where I lived. and so it wasn't like the first conversation happened at the same time as my mom died. We had been going through it for f- quite a few months, but I moved out January of 2017 and then three months later my mom passed away Ugh. and so that's a al- brutal time it was a brutal time and then I moved across com- well I came to back to LA for a few months just to kind of try it out and put all my stuff in storage um so yeah it was a lot at once and it was pretty devastating and I was arrived in LA pretty swampy um <laughs> <That's a> great <laughs> term I've never actually heard it used that way <laughs> I was in the swamps <laughs> yeah it was pretty hard time so I um you know, interestingly, and this is so my mom, I I think, like, she kind of took a lot of the garbage with her when she passed, meaning my garbage, like, my resentment, because my, we did struggle in our relationship. There was a lot of beauty. We had this incredible, incredible conversation uh, a week before she passed away, and I know – uh, now, in retrospect, I know she knew. Did and you know she was pa- – like, was she sick or was She it was just not well for so many years with all this – Psychological you know, she, psych- stuff. like yeah, and she had a lot of um, – uh, p- pain in her body so she was on a lot of pills but then that was mixed with her addiction and she would, you know, yeah. and she just like, it was hard for her here. I just always say it wasn't her planet and I, I'm sure, you know, I know my dad feels differently about it because he's just like, she didn't do da-da-da-da and because he was the father of us dealing yeah. with a different person and she was my mom so we have different perspectives I think we're coming to terms with that and I can only imagine how he showed up under those circumstances but as the daughter, I had a different experience with her and she saw parts of me that, are very important to me, even though it was a very challenging and sometimes painful relationship. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're all my teachers, and it's I have so much compassion for people with mental health problems, and, and I've had to learn compassion for myself with the way that I would take on sadness or anxiety or the things that I might have adopted um, that I feel like probably was more nurture than nature in my case, thankfully. Um, and I still, I don't even know like a whole different conversation where where what all that really is that we're seeing, you know, in the mental health world right now. But it's it's a lot. It's a lot and I think it's a soul sickness that we have on the planet. And I do feel really dedicated. I'm like learning how to do it for myself by witnessing my mom, by, you know, growing up in the circumstances that I did and then just coming to full acceptance and love for all and again, the love in my family was the saving grace and I I've always felt like I've just had a posse of really supportive spirit guides in my life and the more I trust the intuition coming back to that and the more I trust the signals and the signs that come up in my life and flow with that the the more the stronger that support because this the support's always strong just the more available I am to it you know and I think when it comes to any disorder whether it's you know, an addiction or eating disorders or certain addiction to even certain emotions, to being angry, like whatever, you know, everyone has their thing, that it's really a series of rituals, but they're just unhealthy ones. It's a series of habits, which to me are a series of rituals, and I need to, to replace some of those um, like the eating disorder was a bizarre set of rituals I mean I don't want to waste the time walking us through it cause <laughs> but I get it but it it, was yeah a ritual. it was a ritual and it was a series of rituals and it was um, a pattern that I was very hooked into and I had to learn to start replacing it with better rituals so I think we're so ritual based
0: and I'm but not so say do you think as like just a race we need rituals and we don't even know it
1: yeah and I think there's different ways to use the word, especially now rituals a, a a kind of a buzzword and there are rituals that are like deeply ceremonial and it's like yeah you know, whether someone comes from a Wiccan tradition and they see the word ritual being thrown around and they've just spent hours like creating their whole thing you know, or even in Bali and they're praying every morning and they hand make these offerings and then set the offerings onto the ground for the lower energies or up higher on the altar for you know the higher spirits or whatever it is those are more ceremonial rituals, and I find for me are very, very important in my life. It's a foundation for me, and then there's like the mundane, it's like from the mystical to the mundane. There's the mundane rituals, which is like feng shuiing our home perhaps, and making our bed in the morning and and um you know knowing we have healthy food for ourselves and making it once a week, and then maybe there's brunch with one's people we love and are inspired by twice a month, whatever it is, those are right maybe another way to use that word, and I think all of these rituals, from the mundane to the mystical are really important and actually act as threads that can be woven together to create a net and that net is what carries us in our well-being through the ups and downs and the various textures of life like life is as good of a manifestor as we are we're still going to have loss right we're still going to lose people we love we're still going to have our ups and downs we're still going to get scared when a door that we thought was open is now closed and that's just real and it's okay to be real about that and believe in magic and manifestation and and you know I just think we it's what's really beautiful is that we're human and this is our chance to experience the full range and that
0: range is wide and it's deep wide. Okay, it's time to talk about our next Den Talks Live. These have been so great. You guys are going to be obsessed with this next one. It's July 26th, a Friday night at the La Brea location. We have Paul. Selig. He is considered to be one of the foremost spiritual channels working today. He's written some incredible books. He does not do events very often, but he is going to be here to not only talk about what channeling is, to dive into that energy, but he's also going to do a reading for us. So how cool is that? To be in the room and be able to have a chance to talk to someone who can channel. This is huge. It's rare. It's going to be amazing. Join us. Again, that's Friday, July 26. Typical Dent Talks Live. You get your Q&A portion. There'll be fun goodies and giveaways as well and a chance to mingle at the end. We can't wait to see See you go to dentalkspodcast.com and reserve your spot. I love that. I, you said two things that I love right there. You said it's okay to experience the magic, which is such a beautiful thing. It's like it can be rough and real, and that is what this human experience is all about. It can be hard. I mean, it is hard, but it can also be so beautiful. And like you said, you experienced the range, but I love that you said. It's okay to also allow yourself to experience the magic because it's like that will totally help you in those dark moments, but you just have to be willing to be okay with it because it gets such yeah. a woo woo term for a lot of people. They feel like it's not okay.
1: Yeah. And what's another word we can call it magic? I mean, it's just. Yeah, the precious moments. I mean, even what's going on in the world right now, it, there's a lot of chaos. But if we stop seeing the beauty, you know, air, air quotes, they win. You know, and it's we have true. to keep seeing the beauty and the goodness and filling ourselves up because it's it's easy to get angry right now. And it's easy to feel, see and witness and be overwhelmed by the injustices going on. And yes, we we do what we can to not let that scale tip too far in the wrong direction, in my opinion. But we still have to be present to the daily beauty and taking care of ourselves. And, I mean, imagine a planet filled with self-love. Because sometimes I I get confused on my path. I'm like, I'm focusing on self-love. It's self-this, self-that. I know. (laughs) I
0: was just having this conversation. It's like that barrier of, like, when is it selfish and when is it about self-love? Totally. But it's different. We know when you're actually practicing true self-love, you're actually growing and connecting more to the to the one, to the all, to everyone. Yeah. So it's not selfish at all because you're actually indirectly lifting everything around you up at the same time.
1: Exactly. Like you're you're going in to then step out and yeah. share it and and even just in Bali, you know, I'm all lit. I just got back. I love it. Saturday. And she is. You guys.
0: She came in here and was like buzzing. It was amazing. <laughs> like you you still have that like this was a life changing trip all over you.
1: I've been wanting to go there for over ten years. That's so huge. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, before I got married, I was like, if by this time, you know. Life is the same. I'm, like, selling everything and moving to Bali. But then life happened. And I got married, da, da, da. And then after, I was like, guys, I guess I got to go to Bali now. <laughs> but then <laughs> now it, it, it was the same. <laughs> <laughs> but it still took a couple years sometimes, like I said. I
0: You need a little kick in the I ass. need a little kick
1: in the butt sometimes. But I think that's going to shift. That is shifting. So, yeah. But I also um, – that's just me. Like, I like – to come from a grounded place and to be clear. And, and I'm learning so much right now. I'm just learning so much right now. But what
0: I love about that, and then I want to go back to rituals. What I love about how you came in and what you're talking about literally in this moment, and you hinted at even in the beginning of the conversation is You yourself right now in this moment are super excited because you feel change happening in you. You don't know exactly what it is, which is what she was inferring when she goes, you asked me what this thing is. You don't know exactly what it is. I have an idea,
1: but I don't know exactly, no.
0: Usually I think everyone has an idea and that's exactly what it is, but you're not quite ready to fully admit it. That's intuition.
1: Yeah. I just want to point that out because that, I feel like all these little seeds, because we have those moments like, oh, I was feeling that. Well, like record that whether it's in you or on paper because those that those are the hints that your intuition's been speaking to you and, and like, is trying to come th- – it's going to come through one way or the other.
0: And I want to talk about this because I feel like there's a bunch of people I know who are in this place, including I've been there too, and I have friends who have been talking to me about it recently too. I think it's an interesting thing because it is about feeling, and it's an odd feeling because it's in my mind – and please put your own words on this because you're the one literally in it – and I just find it so fascinating, you get to this weird place in your life where, again, if it's a whisper or something, and you might be ignoring it because it might be the oddest idea, but all of a sudden you're like, I feel like I need to start being doing something else. Whether it's like, I don't even mean changing your whole career. Maybe that's it, but I'm just saying you just feel this need, whether it's a growth or something in your personality or things just need to change, but you don't know what it is. But that doesn't mean there's not this feeling inside of you, and that's what I want to talk about because I feel like that's where you are now because that feeling can be very overwhelming. Now, it can also be really exciting if you're one who kind of understands what's happening and can just be excited about where it's taking you. But if you're not someone, that feeling can be fucking terrifying. And you can actually probably do the opposite. You can start putting more of what you think is stability around you, like start pulling from society and the outside and all those like conditional things that make you and your ego feel like stable so that you don't have that feeling. So talk about a little bit of, like, kind of what you're going through now and what it means to all of a sudden when people, and everyone goes through this, they just don't always realize it, and you go through it multiple times in your life of this feeling where it really is, like, your soul being like, oh, time for an upgrade, like, we're doing a huge change, things are going to change, but it's not bad, this is good, just if you listen to me, this ride's going to be amazing. Problem is we usually don't listen in those times. Well,
1: sometimes it means letting go of some big things. Yeah,
0: it can be really hard. You
1: know, and there's a fine line there it's like even with my my last ma- my last and only ever marriage <laughs> only yeah, like my last out of five <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've only been married once um yeah I mean I'm I'm still am, am processing some of that but I I did have a lot of doubts and I did you know I do feel like I was kind of going in this direction that was a lot more conventional than who I am and it's um and it was no one's fault or anything. It was very painful. Uh, I learned a lot about myself and had to admit a lot about myself. And I'm still kind of I, ironing the final pieces out and the final bits of forgiveness and all this stuff. Um, and, and I feel like there's just something that won't, it's, you know, I have to accept it. There's something that just won't let me be on that track.
0: And it's always been that way for me. And what track, the getting married, conventional track,
1: uh, maybe I'll get married again or or, or But like I res- believe in partnership and all of that. But just um, I feel like I'm getting a little abstract now. I think that's the p- you're like we don't know what it is. So that's the thing that I don't know what it is. That's that was being cultivated, has been being cultivated and then deepened in Bali. Is that my path isn't conventional, it's never been conventional? I would like it to be because I feel like it would be a lot more secure and simple, <laughs> but it's just like it's it's not, and I almost have to like let go of that like oh, I would like it to be because there was a part of me that was terrified and but I've gotten these glimpses of these other possibilities that are like way more me and way more like so full of love and beauty and and I want to come back to your question, you were saying, what is it um, about
0: Just talking about what that, A, that feeling is. What that feeling is. What it, like, and what it means. And, like, talk a little, because it's such an abstract idea. So, like, how can you, someone who's, A, works in this space and, B, is going through it a little bit, what that means and, like, what people can start doing during that time?
1: I think that it's, so I think intuition speaks to us through different ways for everyone, I think the ways that it speaks to us, maybe it's going to help listeners be like, oh, I, that happens for me, is sensation, body sensations, um, inner voice, and then outside signs. So for me, one of my signs is seeing a feather in my path. I always see a feather in my path when I need that confirmation that I'm going in the right direction, and that could be literally, or I was thinking about something, or I was stuck in a heavy thought, um, or since my mom's past, she comes to me as a hummingbird, and like it always comes mm-hmm. in these really special moments when I'm kind of downward spiraling in my thought patterns. Has and that ever
0: come in, like, a weird place where you're like, that's definitely my mom because there should not be a hummingbird here?
1: No. Well, <laughs> there was some that, like, looked like it in Bali, but I didn't see any, like, straight-up hummingbirds. I did see a lot of birds. Um, there's been a couple moments where they've come up in, like, very bizarre times, but not where I've been, like, you know, somewhere that, yeah. No, right. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'll see an image of one. Right. Or a picture, yeah. Or my brother and I were releasing her ashes a year after her... Death and my brother was like, and I told him about the hummingbird. And he's like, Mom, if you're here with us, let us know. And like, literally, in that moment, it just came right up from behind a bush and like <laughs> fluttered in front of us and then shot off. So, there'll be like moments like that. Or once I was like kind of in a headspace, not a good one, when I first got here and I was kind of like I said, in the swamps and healing and going through so much, and, and it, I was stuck in a pretty bad loop. And I had to slow down my car. It was, like, right in front of my windshield, just, like, hovering. So moments like that have happened. Um, Mama's there. Mama's there. Yeah, I really really believe that. I I work a lot with with that. And uh, so I think the sensations of the body, which would be if there's a lot of fear, anxiety, uh, sudden, like, pressure or overwhelm or the need to control and this is like not in a dangerous situation. Of course, I'm not talking right. about that because that would be you'd have very different sensations, but just like day to day, then usually that's fear speaking and that fear is coming from feeling like you're going to lose control or not have security or you know whatever it is. So I think when you feel the opposite of that in an intuitive hit, it might feel like it, the voice is going to come quick. It's not like a stern mean voice, it's going to be a loving voice but perhaps direct and the sensations of the body for me would just be like a, a a softer knowing, but the thing is, is that it can quickly change because our mind can very quickly change things, and then it can go into fear really fast. So intuition's not always light and fluffy. I think when we think about like, oh, I'm gonna live my life intuitively, we might have this idea of this free flowing, gypsy no. like whatever. But the, sometimes intuition's gonna be like, you have to leave this job, job or this job person or this person. Or, you know, and, and then you have to work within yourself. Is it worth it to work through those things? Because that's the other thing. is You get to make a choice. Yeah, you get to make a choice. And we want to be, this is something I wrote about recently uh, in a article. It's just like, you know, with the swipe and delete culture, we don't want to be too quick to listen to those hits. Because sometimes, you know what, you have to work on yourself and work through this and get to the other side. So... It's very personal, but I think the more we start to listen to the body sensation, bodily sensations and just listen to it with the mundane, like, like you want a juice. How does that feel in your body? You know, is, it, is it you actually need that, or is that what you think you should do? You know, just start to listen to the little safe things throughout your life. How does it feel in your body? What is the tone, the texture, the quality of the voice inside um, if I'm leading a meditation on intuition, I'll actually guide them to a place where they're more in touch with it and then have them actually listen to the vibe. What's the vibe of her, his voice inside? And where in the body is it living? Um, and then again, the external signs, whether that's um, you know seeing 11 all the time, which we all love, or for <laughs> me, it's a feather in the path, or just you look at a sign and there's words there. We so quickly discredit that stuff. Why? And And, and it's like, don't just play for a month with not discrediting it, not dismissing it. Why do we discredit and dismiss it? Probably because our teachers and parents dismissed our imagination and dismissed the magic we were seeing. So now we have that inner voice of discrediting ourselves. Right. So that's another trait of the sensitive child, I would say. I've had to and am learning to not do that to myself. I've dismissed and discredited a lot of the most powerful parts of me. Because I grew up in a situation where others didn't know how to feed that. And it's no one's fault. But it's just like I've had. And, and again, that was divinely planned, too. Because now I actually, as a result of that, have had to cultivate tools that are now the You're moon deck and my And you the can things help people exactly. with. Oh, yeah. It's like all divinely timed and guided. And I see that now. And I have seen that for a long time. It's just that the human part comes in and. Get stubborn and upset and wants it to be easier da, 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 whatever I so, know but you know I, I feel that shift and the more I surrender the easier it actually is and it's just me getting out of my own way and not I mean, throwing 15 the hands out of the boat and being like ah!
0: <laughs> and um,
1: I actually had this reading with someone in ancestry and they said I get all your hands in the boat and I was like what do you mean she's like you ha-? she's like yeah they're saying like humans usually this is Liv Wheeler who I told you about and she's like, "Yeah, they're saying like humans usually have two hands, but you have like sixteen hands all <laughs> over the boat." And they're just like, "Get all hands in the boat." It's not a good way to use your magic. Go all in. Believe all the way. You know what you know. Believe it all the way. Go all uh, in.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it was like really powerful. And talk about ritual though, and the, and how then the moon deck came about because so ritual is really important to you. What is your you do? You have a very specific ritual that you do every day, right? They
1: change, and so on, on. Rituals very important to me. It's been a lifesaver in some ways. I think it's a way of being, bringing beauty into our life. I think it's a way of of connecting to nature. Yeah, it's a way to connect to one another. It's a way to have a sacred pause in the day, which seems to be like a luxury for most of us now. When it's just a way of life in other places in the world, and. Um, so I, on one hand, again, don't want to get stuck back in the old way of perfectionism and control and like, I have to do this, this right. many, because that's not a that's safe zone for thing. me. That's the opposite right. And, um, and, well, now it is. Now, I, that's like, that was 20 years ago, you know, that I've healed from all that. But, you know, it, it just, it shows up in different ways now and manifests in different ways. But I think ritual <laughs> is important to me and my daily rituals now are daily meditation, which is going to be 20 to 30 minutes in the morning Um, I have an altar. I love altars. Mine's very decked out. And it's just... And even when I traveled, I just had one selenite wand. I always want to bring a piece with me when I
0: travel. What would you recommend, like, if someone wanted to create their own altar? Like, what's a good beginning step to that?
1: I would say um, it can be super simple or ornate. That's up to the person. And we actually have a card in the moon deck called... "says." my home is a sacred space full of beauty, inspiration, and protection. And that's the altar card you're supposed to build. Because each card in the deck has a ritual. And the ritual for that is either creating an altar if you don't have one or maintaining it. Because our altars need to be fed. And they need to be cleaned. And they need to be taken care of. Just like a dear friend, in my opinion. And if you go, even in Bali, in the, in the, again, I just came back. So if anyone wants to go to Bali, it's amazing. <laughs> like every morning they're doing the incense at night. And there's this, these rituals that are always done. And so they're feeding the energy. Um, or we're feeding our intention, or we're feeding our prayers. And I think when we have clear mind, and we're feeding nature and spirit and the health of this planet with really healthy, clear prayers, and it's really coming from a clear mind, that that's literally food for the planet wow. and food for our communities when done with a clear mind and clear intention. So, so to build an altar, you could... Um, it could just be a general altar to add beauty to the home. I mean, I like altars all over like the little nooks and (laughs) crannies of the room of my home. But then I have my one kind of Maha altar and it changes if I'm working on prosperity or if I'm working on, um, you know, uh, forgiveness or if I'm working on amplification of my intentions, I'll focus my, a section of my altar, usually the center. And so I have, um, I can share, share you, send a picture to you later Yes, to the right. I have a little altar that's dedicated to my mom right now. And it, it it's dedicated to my mom specifically, but also family and community and so I don't have like in that section. There's a picture of her and I, and then there's stones and cacao beans and little notes I've written. But nothing's in singles. It's like either two or three of things. So it represents family, community, and my mom is like the centerpiece in honor of her. And then in the center, I have a candle. I have an intention candle, which is one of the rituals in the Moon Deck. And so that in, uh, ritual is that you meditate, and you can do this through sitting or writing, whatever it is. Getting really clear on what your intention is right now. Not the, like, this is why I love new moons, because you have the opportunity every month mm. instead of, yeah. like, waiting for the new year, which is totally overwhelming. And <laughs> um, So you just can set that intention for this one candle, and then when it burns out in a week or three weeks, you go to the next one. And then once you're clear, you carve with either a porcupine quill or a stick, something sharp. Um what your intention is into that candle, as simple as possible, it could be the word, and then maybe you you add a few more words that to you really feed that word, or a symbol, uh, that represents that word and that could be totally made up. In fact, it's nice if it's and made up. you just do
0: that on the new moon once? You can do that do any time of any
1: time of the month. Got the new it. moon's a wonderful time because it's a time of new beginnings and planting seeds. But you don't have to wait for the new moon. And so you can carve that intention to the candle, anoint it with your favorite oils or whatever oils you intuitively feel. Again, these are exercises on intuition. Right. What would one's intuition symbol be for love or community or prosperity? Like trust, the visual...
0: That comes like to you. feed
1: the imaginal world, feed the imagination. It's so important in all of this work. It's not, it doesn't go away because we're adults now. In fact, it's, it requires more nourishment. Feed the imaginal ritual world with like, oh, I trust that symbol. I'm going to carve it on there. You're not creating to produce or share it on Instagram. Just, you're just creating to create. It's for you. Do people do that? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I probably, <laughs> I, I might share my candle on Instagram but, and then anoint it with oils but in the, the the meaning the the intention isn't to share it absolutely and yeah. then and then that's at the center of the altar and then I'll have crystals around that I use little seed quartz because seed quartz amplify intention and then other stones even if I don't know the meaning of them I might intuitively feel like it belongs there so that's the advice I would give people is. You can look it up if you want to geek out and be like, oh, this crystal means that. I'll use that. Or you can just let your intuition flow is what I would recommend and then look up afterwards.
0: Oh, interesting. I like that. Because then I'm you'll be like, that.
1: whoa, that was spot on. So do it first. Even with the moon deck, read the card first. Look at the image before reading the book. See what you feel. Then read the book. And so, and then to the left, I'll have um, on my altar a little bowl with my sage and
0: all that stuff. And then I have little drawers with like... Decks With the moon stuff. deck, you get to shuffle it and you mix it up, and it's just random how you pick it.
1: Yeah, you can shuffle a card and then spread it out or break it into three piles and then restack it. Sometimes I'll do that, and then you can either just pick the top from a pile, or some people choose to spread it out and then hover the left hand because it's the receptive hand, and just again another exercise on intuition and trust. These are all little exercise. These are why I love these tools. Yeah, that's like, great. Let's say they're none of them are even real. Like you know, I believe they are, but let's just say they're not. <laughs> just that you get to practice all these currents of intuitive feeling and touching and then trusting what you feel. A lot of us have to rebuild trusting ourselves, trusting what we feel. I mean, it's just, we're impounded with so many reasons not to. So it's like, I feel like I'm really like so committed to like, we have to trust what we feel and allow ourselves to feel and give ourselves permission to feel the full range and not put little feelings in boxes and deal with this later. Like, this is our time now, and why is feeling any less important of the human experience than how much money you make?
0: Feeling is so much more important right now, but we just don't know it. Like, we've been so deconditioned from that. Yeah, it. and it's, it's overwhelming
1: like, to feel what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, globally, but also, I think, personally, we're, we're so so many people are out of practice. Yeah. And so then it's really hard. And like you said, a lot of people are raised without being allowed to feel.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's some. I think there are those breeds out there that are not <laughs> like as much feelers, you know, and they won't have as much of a tolerance for people who like feel everything so deeply, you know. There's, yeah, there, for sure. There is a balance, and and that's why I think having our close people who can handle us at our best and our worst are really important during times in our life. And like women's circles, yeah. I think give us that container have been really crucial for me to be able to feel and not feel judged. And then it's the woman's work of that whole circle to not only be understanding in that moment of the circle, but to like really hold that sacred when they leave the circle. And I think that's something women are still... Maybe healing from and figuring out because I agree. Yeah,
0: yeah, do you do you feel like your m- mom also was a little bit with you? Stop the feelings, you're over feeling. Hold it, or because with that personality, I'd feel sh- like no, she'd understand she understand it more. She
1: would understand it more, and like sometimes her feelings were too much for me. You know, interesting. Yeah, it was. A, you know, not always, but sometimes because it was it was a lot sometimes, and and it wasn't always a sober place. So that you right. know that was a little bit different. But um, I definitely learned to feel intensely from her yeah and then I already had the nature to do that as well um yeah I think I just you know but I I had I mean I think even going to art school and being a photographer and having the freedom you know to create on that level and uh, was like hugely therapeutic and healing to me and how I felt things and then to turn it into something visual and I think at the foundation I'm an artist you know of, of all this work that I've done and the moon deck is kind I mean, of a culmination. She, well, Andrea Kay is the art, is the illustrator. I'm the author, so she's one of my and best beautiful friends. Beautiful, both yeah. on
0: both accounts. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She's amazing.
0: But yeah, I mean, it's and it's not great for you that you still are so creative. Like in, this is still creative what you're doing. Intuition is like the most creative.
1: I think so. Yeah, I think it's just. Uh, I think it's very creative. Yeah, I think it's a t- super creative thing, and I think the. Um, it's, it's like constantly navigating, and it doesn't stop. I mean, I, my craving, my, one of my deepest cravings right now, is to it's like not doubt myself at all, have deep trust in myself, deep trust in what I know to be true. and doesn't mean closed off to learning more, like admitting to my mistakes, but deep trust, unapologetic, you know, unconditional, unwavering crystal clear trust of my where intuition. do you feel like you
0: haven't had trust
1: so many places i mean <laughs> i think the last few years of what i've gone through you know there's been some other things that have gone on too have just been really big things of where i didn't trust myself and like kind of stayed anyways or like Did your marriage like my marriage i think i'm still like i'm not uh, i think like next year i'll probably have a lot more clarity of like how to talk about that experience and I'm still learning, like, was that intuition, all those doubts? Or do I just doubt things, like, in my life? And, <laughs> you know, and, like, is that my healing to do in the face of relationship? I think it's probably a little bit of both, kind of not wanting to put all feet in. I'm, I'm so all feet in with some things in my life. And then other places, I it's, like, the control thing again. And that's that is, I think, and probably a lot of people might relate, is, like, that blurry line right there of, like, when is it my control stuff kicking in? And when is it my intuition? Like, this isn't for you. If You, you wouldn't doubt it if it was for
0: you. Uh, that's the hard thing to figure out. Yeah. It's like, when is it me? Yeah. And when is it the bigger me? <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that it was divinely aligned that I was in that experience because I finally stopped what? defending aspects of myself that, like, really needed to grow up and heal. Um, so in that way, it was divinely orchestrated. And, yeah, if I'm doubting something on that level... I'll write it out and then sort of grow past that and like grow into the situation. And maybe that's because of, I have a high tolerance because of what I grew up with. I don't know, but I, I, you know, I, I'm finding the right people and opportunities in my life that match that programming or that my operating system. And, and I, I think I'm coming to the realization now and I think Bali helped big time, like so much deeper forgiveness happened, so much surrender, so much, of my beauty came forward, of like the, the space in my softness and surrender that is a really important piece of the equation for me. Um, and I think that I need to accept that when I have doubts on a certain level that's creating a lot of anxiety, that I need to stop making myself the problem and actually trust it quicker. Wow. And I think like, oh, I deal with anxiety, I deal with this, I deal with that. And I do, and I have, and there's, you know, herbs I've taken and meditations. There's all these things, like tools right, I need course. to do to balance it out. And when I'm in certain environments and around certain people, I don't always feel that to that degree or it's more manageable. So I'm coming to the, I've made myself the problem a lot. And like, oh, it's like I effed this up and I like deal with that and that must be too heavy for them and da, 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 da. And it's like. There's a lot of people in my life that like were are able to work through that with me and see my best part coming forward. And I ha- and and I'm willing to do that work on myself.
0: So it's just like also you're the only you can only worry about you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like even if you let's say are too much for somebody, that's still not your problem. No, it's not. <laughs> right. Like that that's their work to figure out.
1: No, and some of our I think for those of us who are artists and uh have intense energy and have, like, really exquisite creative beauty in them and around them. And, like, there's an intensity to that. and Yeah. And and then there's people that are way more intense that are too much for me. I saw some of them in Bali. I was like, yeah, you're nope. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, like, so it's like I,
1: I have a ground I, – I trust how – I'm very earthy and grounded and discerning. So it's like I'm learning to really trust that. And then beyond that, whatever wants to be expressed, like, I – actually need to go all the way. I, I actually it. haven't gone enough to be, you know, and because of that, because I've maybe corked some of it because I didn't want to be too much air quotes again, then it gets deranged into oh, yeah. anxiety, overwhelm,
0: right, It's just energy has got to come out somewhere. It's got to come
1: out somewhere. Exactly. So by letting it flow and trusting it and doing the little experiments along the way so that we learn how to try It's a practice just like yoga, just like learning a new language. You practice understanding the language of your intuition and your relationship to spirit. And just like any relationship that we care about deeply, it requires showing up on a regular basis, daily if possible, definitely weekly, like show up every day, and then the relationship deepens, the communication channel gets clearer, we start to trust it more, and then the flow happens.
0: That's huge. Like, And then I want to jump to your four years, but I feel like that's why you do the practice. It's, it's exactly that. It's like you your relationship with yourself and spirit or soul, however you want to look at it, gets so much stronger. So all this stuff we've been talking about this whole time is just easier. It's easier to hear it. It's easier to hear that voice. It's easier to let room for it to grow. It's easier to deal with the knockdowns. Yep. Everything becomes easier because that practice has just made you stronger.
1: And the rituals are the bridge. The rituals yeah. is what is what maintains the connection, whether it's bringing flowers to your home, you know, whatever it is. It, it kind of humanizes the connection. It gives us a healthy... Uh, practice to be in it starts to literally change our brain chemistry our neurological system by showing up for ourselves we're showing ourselves we care we're showing ourselves that we're like oh i got a hit i need to get flowers for my home i need to bring this energy into my home i need to touch them and like listening to those little things It just starts to move faster and faster, and then it doesn't become a chore. It actually becomes something that is creative energy, that is healing energy, that's nourishment. And it's prepping us for the relationships we care most about and how do we show up for ourselves. You know, how we show up for ourselves and how we do most things is kind of how we show up for everything Everything. else. So, you know, and knowing that there's right fits. So if we we were in a relationship that didn't quite work out, I've been in one since my marriage and we're not... Together anymore, and it was like the same thing. I was just like, but it happened within a few months instead of a few years, and it was like this microcosm. Just like, and I still saw myself doing the same, struggling, letting go. When I knew, because there were so many great things about. I even had these two vivid dreams that were like, no, vivid, and I was just like, (laughs) yeah. And then like, (laughs) so I'm, I'm, I'm really on a mission right now. And this is why I want to be in Bali a little longer next to my go because it was really strengthening my ability to do this and my desire uh, to do this. Really on a mission to like if I get a dream or I get a hit, I'm not going to ask questions. I don't want to slow down the process anymore. I don't want to drag my feet anymore. I don't want the bigger mission to get hijacked by the fear of not living conventionally. I'm a part of a paradigm shift. I'm probably, you know, like many of us, it's perhaps a scarier place to be sometimes but I I want to go all in I want to believe it fully because why not at at least at least I tried that and then saw like oh I guess I'll go back to you know I can't go back to anything I didn't come from a corporate yeah I was gonna say you're you're in (laughs) it I don't really have a choice you're in it
0: no but I think and I love that because it is you're just basically like I love that you said I'm not going to slow it down anymore. I'm just going to listen because, like, I am just slowing it down. And how cool? It's like we only have so much time here, so why not do that fast track, the spiritual fast track, in some ways, yeah. and like get to like experience that greatness for longer.
1: I'm not, yeah. And at this point, I'm not going to see the world differently. Like, I, this is how I see the world. It's how I've always seen the world. Just go all in. Yeah. Just and that finally was, like, accept it. Yeah. And since I've been back to Bali, I've only been back. Two, three days, four days, three or four days, and like every day, something's been happening. That is like I got home and I, you know, learned to have to move in three months. Um, I wor- learned that like this work thing might shift, um, and these are all things I saw happening and wanted to happen. But you just didn't do it yourself. No, not yet. You know, right. I was kind of frustrated because I wasn't on my terms. You know, my ego was like, "What?" I was like, "Wait." Ar- so th- here's an interesting paradigm shift. So my old way would have been to get a little defensive. Um, to have my feelings hurt. And, like, that happened for a moment, you know. But then this other part of me came in very quickly and was like, huh, look at that. Such quick confirmation. Yes, I thank you. May everything be such quick confirmation. Thank you. Yeah. And then I, as soon as I did that and trusted, my energy shifted, my emotional body shifted, my mental body shifted. I got more energized because before I started to feel overtired, I even felt it in my immune system. Like, when you ask, what does it mean to be a sensitive child? If I don't listen and I go against it, I will get sick. I will actually feel it in my immune system to a point. I'll get depressed. I'll get my immune system will start to feel it. Wow. And so now I need to trust that when that's happening, something's off, whether that's the food I'm putting in my body or not listening to higher calling, whatever it is. Um, so that happened. And then, and then uh, oh, I just lo- lost my train of thought with the other thing. I don't know, but it's been kind of a while. Like every day moving, since work. I've been back, things are moving and... Something every day keeps happening, so it's kind of making me major excited. life shifts are all happening. I feel like even coming here to see you, it's kind of like I feel like these are just great things are lining up that are just further confirmation. And but yeah, there's been a couple. Oh, I got I had this amazing conversation with my dad yesterday, like two and a half hours, which never happens. Where I was talking wow. about some of the struggles that I shared here, like where I'm like, hey, I. He's like, well, don't go in the past. I'm like, I'm not stuck in the past. Like I get it. That's what I've done before. Like I want to be validated for all the pain I felt. Da-da-da. Like there's that child in me that still wants that and I'm kind of past that and I said I was like I'm not sharing this because I'm in the past I'm sharing because I'm very much in the present and I want to have a good relationship with you and I just need you to understand that some of the things that might frustrate you are a byproduct of what I've grown up with and I understand that's the past but I'm in the present moment spending energy time and money in the last 20 years of my life cleaning up the byproduct that's very real for me yeah and so I just wanted to clarify like this isn't me sludging in the past this is me like getting into a really good place in my life right now where this is now who I am and what I do in the world and I want to meet you there understanding that I just need you to hear me out and not dismiss my experience because and he heard it he did it took a little bit that we went back and forth and it was a little hurtful for a moment then we got to an amazing place I love that and I don't feel like I need to bring it up again and that's the thing And you said you had
0: an amazing conversation with your mom the week before yeah so
1: you really, that's... And I feel like Bali, and I do, and this is, I think, I think we hear this in the world, and, and I'm kind of seeing it now, when we do that inner work with sincerity, curiosity, teachability, like even the divorce or this or whatever it is, it's, it's painful, and then we might have a moment of not being our best selves, and, but if we arrive to a place where we're really teachable and curious around how to grow, because that shit was painful. I was like, I don't want to have this be just something that I repeat again. Like, that was too intense to not learn something from right, it. Right. Like, so, so I think the more we do that, it starts to pay off. So I feel that I was able to even have that conversation with my father because of the forgiveness work I've been doing within myself because I had resentment, a lot right. of it. And I had to, like, that was one of my prayers in the morning. I had a commitment of 30 days to just work on the resentment that I felt with certain people in my family. And it was just part of my prayer every morning for 30 days. Oh my God, it's just such a relief when you can forgive. It really is. It's, oh my gosh, it's so it important. changes everything. And it takes time, I think, sometimes. You can't, you know, I know, maybe some people have an easier switch. But, oh yeah, I was in those water temples in Bali. Just like, they were like pouring on me. And I was like <laughs> working forgive. on forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, just like really forgiving and really understanding the importance. I think forgiveness is one of the key principles of a spiritual practice. I it's, agree. It's key. It will hold us Yourself back. Yourself and others. Yeah. It just, I think it like, resentment just, it gets in the way of our self-worth, which then gets in the way of how we receive new people and opportunities in our life. It just, it's like this vapor that finds its way into so many aspects of our life. Then we also, in new friendships, we put these old Old, like, paradigms on, on yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And also,
0: also, like, weirdly what popped in my head, too, when you're like, can't forgive, especially other people, you're assuming that the world is very static. Mm. You know what I mean? And that just whatever it was or what the situation was is always going to be. You know what I mean? And then you lose out on what could be evolving and what could be changing and how that person might be evolving or changing or could be evolving and changing with a different attitude from you. Who knows? The point is it is all moving. And it's like, and forgiveness is fluid, but not forgiving is so static. You know what I mean? It's just holding on to this thing in one way, how you feel about it, like your point of view on it, and not letting it go. You know what I mean? It's heavy. It's heavy. heavy really heavy. Really heavy because it's like fighting movement. Like, yeah. we're all movement. No yeah. matter how you what you want to think about it, we're moving constantly. Like, yeah. our energy is moving. We're moving. Time is moving. And that's not moving. Mm-hmm. And so it's like physically heavy and emotionally heavy. And to think about also what you're missing out on what that's connected to because it is all changing constantly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think some people do operate. They just want to like sever it and move on. And like, I'm not, that's noise. I'm not going to deal with it. And some people are really good at that.
0: I'm not built that way. If they are actually forgiving though. Some people are doing that and not forgiving either. Yeah. And then they're just like avoiding, which yeah. is also a problem. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, when I was talking to my daddy, he was just like, grandma used to always say to me, forgive and forget and forget what you forgave. Right. He's like, <laughs> kept saying it over and over again. And, uh, it's interesting cuz I I work with her spirit too. She died a long time ago, but I was in this meditation, this gosh, this was when I lived in the East Village. So it was like I mean it was like 14 10, 15 years ago maybe. Well, 14 years ago. And um and I was in this meditation and I knew she was not well. She she had colon cancer and and I had this meditation that she came in and there's this whole experience of her, and I'm not like a big seer, or I mean, I've had crazy experiences growing up in the spiritual realm, so I guess I am in some ways, but it's not like a normal function of my day-to-day life, right? And that I've tapped into anyway, and to that degree. And I was in the meditation, I think the day, it was like the day before my birthday or something, and in my meditation, my grandma came into my vision, and we were just in this kind of hollow, white room. I say hollow, because like, there weren't really walls, but it was like a space that was right. just sort of all white. And she was in my vision. I don't know if this was... It felt very real. Um, she was struggling to let go. Oh. And I started breathing with her. And and helped her through. And then when I came out of my meditation later that day, my dad left me a message. And he said, Grandma's passed away. Oh, my God. I just got like, wow. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, huh. And I felt her a lot. And then I hadn't felt her for a long time. I think of her, but I didn't like, feel her spirit necessarily. And then I took this... Um, developing intuition workshop, uh, last year. And what it was like an eight week course. And one of the classes was all based on ancestry and ancestral roots. And it was this two hour class and it was really interesting and profound. And something about that class and something she said, like activated my connection to my grandma Hmm. and she's been with me ever since. And since she came back in, and again, here's another exercise on intuition, everyone, since she came back, just automatically what came through was that she was now a spirit guide for me, a teacher of, of like stability and steadiness and healing the lineage. And since then, I felt my relationship with my dad and my stepmom get a little easier for me. And mm-hmm. it's just continuing. And I still have to do my own work, of course. But it's She's continuing here for you. to get cleaner and easier and less heavy because you're we talking about the weight of resentment.
0: Yeah, and it's like at the end of the but day, we all... I love that because we're not alone and peop- there someone's out there supporting you.
1: I really, really, really believe that. I just don't I do think too. this is the only dimension. I, I believe that it's real for me and it works me for too. me.
0: Yeah. Me too, and I'm just like you, and I've always had this, uh, my meditations usually start and end with a prayer that's very similar to yours. It's mm-hmm. usually always like with a lot of gratitude and thinking and I call in whoever mm-hmm. and it changes through times, Yeah, but it's very similar.
1: Yeah. And I think there's no right way to do it no. when it comes to prayer, ritual, intuition, meditation.
0: That just became my ritual. Just yeah. like you said. And it's, it was just, I like it. It's like my little conversation time.
1: It is. Yeah. I feel like my altar is my little campfire that I just sort of. I love
0: that. I love a campfire. <laughs> Let's do your four use, In which you kind of already answered this one. Do you journal or have another daily practice?
1: meditation is my like
0: non-negotiable yeah. um and
1: a big glass of water in the morning that's a nice. big one Good for, for me you. and yeah journaling i ebb and flow i'll go through journaling commitments while i was in bali i uh, had a commitment to pick a moon deck card every single day and I, I noted it down so i started to see the pattern Ooh. so Ooh. i'll have new ones like that all the time i'd say meditation's always there and Love um it. yeah and just inward practice of slowing down and softening but so that that's like a more quiet one, but that's something I'm working on all, all the time because I can move fast
0: sometimes. Yeah. What's your favorite self-care hack?
1: My favorite self-care hack is uh rose hip oil. Oh, pretty much most nights on my hands, arms, neck, chest, and face. Ooh. Don't forget the neck and hands ladies. Um, <laughs> 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 so but true. yeah, that is like a hack for me. I'll, I'll, tra- I'll change it, uh, change it up, but it's been rose hip oil lately and I'll do gua sha sometimes on the face. Um, and then I have this thing that's like, again, it's more internal, but it's an important hack. You can try it now. It's just like really softening the energy behind your eyes, like literally anatomically. Oh, that would be really good for me. Softening the energy right behind your eyes. And I feel like when I do that, it's just like the corners of my eyes soften the belly of my brain softens the jaw. So like really right behind the eyes. Oh my God. That's so good.
0: That's something I, I often do, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I actually carry a lot of tension around there, so I could feel it. Mm. So interesting. What type of meditation do you rely on the most?
1: Um, I've learned a different few along the way, and I think I'm really just like mindfulness meditation. I ebb and flow between certain Kriya dedications for 40 days that will weave into a meditation. Sometimes I'll work with certain mantras, um, either sometimes I'll work with Sanskrit ones, sometimes they will be English words or mantra-like things. Um, so I ebb and flow between those, but I'd say the most consistent is really just sitting and breathing and quiet with my candle lit in front of my altar and do mindfulness and let, just let, uh, energy work itself out. Work like lately, like spirit guides have been speaking to me in that, that time. Um, particularly since Bali, like I, it's gotten really strong that that's like the time for me to connect with them. And sometimes it's kind of blank and sometimes
0: it's, it's conversational. Amazing. What is your current obsession? I think Bali. I sh- bal- <laughs> yeah, Bali is my
1: current obsession. I think I kind of shared that in the in the talk today too is is like just cracking the code is my obsession of like how can I live in this place like undoubtedly unapologetically crystal clear full trust. I'm just kind of obsessed with what that can look like on the other side
0: and oh it's gonna be amazing yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love that you're so it's gonna be incredible you're incredible this is so great thank you so much yeah for being so open and sharing so much
1: yeah and I just want to share with that last obsession is just like it's coming from a place for those who can relate because I have lived with a lot of fear and wanting certainty and, and control and all that stuff so I think if anyone can relate to that, which I know from my experience people can, that that's like that craving, there's wisdom there, and it wants to speak to you, and there's a language there, and that language is going to be unique to you, and just start playing one day at a time and be curious and just listen to the little hits, and uh, yeah, I think
0: it's it starts to open up. It's an amazing piece of advice, and everyone can do it, even people who... Aren't a control isn't their issue. That's still it's so hard to listen to that. So like just that piece of advice and seeing what happens if you play with it a little bit every day. Yeah, it's gonna change everyone. If life. it's not
1: control and it's like maybe they're quiet and they they can't find their voice or they feel disempowered in a, a boardroom of people and they're you know it could be any it could be yeah. a spiritual person or not like listening to these intuitive hits in whatever ways they show up, is even like once a day. That's why I say like three minutes a day doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up the cumulative impact of saying yes to yourself every day, even for three minutes, is very powerful. You're toning the muscle of devotion. You're toning your ability to show up for yourself and stick to your word, and you're getting the physical mental benefits of that
0: as well. I love that. Three minutes a day, everybody. We can all do three minutes. Yeah, Oh my God, thank you she is going to do her personal practice and she's going to work with the moon deck which we'll do in a second um so stay tuned for that but thank you you're amazing thank
1: you you're amazing and, and I- your space is amazing i was so happy to walk through oh here. It's thank gorgeous. you gorgeous thank you yeah you've created something really
0: special we here. love it and it's only i say it all the time it's only as good as the people who walk in the door it always amplifies it and makes it better so thank you for being here with us thank you for inviting me <laughs> now Rana is going to do her personal practice where she's going to lead us in intention meditation, short, and then she's actually going to pull a couple cards from the deck.
1: Yeah. All right, everyone. So find a comfortable seat. Somewhere where you can find a straight spine. Rest your hands gently on your lap somewhere. And then close the eyes. And before shifting anything, just feel where you are right now. Where is your breath? Where is your mind? Do you feel receptive or a little closed? And without judging any of it, you're simply just feeling and observing. And then bringing your hands together in prayer with all fingers right next to each other closed and have a little space in the center of your prayer and bringing your prayer the thumb side to your forehead and breathing up into your hands letting this represent a clear mind and a clear connection to spirit taking a full inhale and exhale And then lowering your hands all the way down, stacking one on top of the other, and bringing it right in front of your pubic bone, or even a little lower at your root, and saying to yourself as you breathe, I trust my foundation. I trust my foundation. This is all that guided you, all that parented you, all that has taught you, all that has built and shaped you. I trust my foundation. and then bringing your hands up to the belly and you can be touching yourself or hovering the hands it's up to you either way it's a gentle touch and it's breathing into the belly here and saying to yourself I trust my gut I trust my gut I trust what I feel I trust what I know to be real I trust what I feel I trust my gut long breaths Inhaling, lifting the hands in front of the heart. Deep breath in, steady breath out, and continuing with the breath, I trust my heart. I trust my heart, how I give love, how I receive love, how I learn love, how I expand into love. I trust my heart. And then bringing the hands up to the throat, I trust my voice. I trust my voice. I trust all that wants to be said and what I have to say. I trust what wasn't said. I trust how my truth wants to be expressed. I trust my voice. And then bringing your hands up towards the third eye, kind of around the eyes and the third eye, center at the forehead. I trust my vision. I trust my vision. I trust my inner vision, my outer vision, all that I've seen, all that I will see, my imagination. I trust my vision. I trust what I see. And then hovering the hands above or on the crown of your head, I trust my connection. I trust my connection. I trust how I connect to spirit and source. I trust how spirit and source connects to me. I trust how I connect to those around me, to the world around me, to how I connect to the world within me. My higher knowing. I trust my connection. And then lifting the hands, almost like you're cupping the sky, so the edges of your hands can touch, almost like an open lotus flower above the head. And how you receive this is up to you. It might just be silence. It can say, I trust, I trust. Just repeating, I trust, or I receive, or I am. And just trust the one that resonates with you. Letting it pour through, through the hands and down into the whole body. And then bringing your palms together gently and just slowly tracing down the midline, past the crown with the hands in prayer, past the third eye the throat, the heart, your gut, your foundation, and resting the hands on your thighs. Connecting here to your greatest intention right now. We might all have many, but what is the one that is undoubtedly, clearly the thing that is really at the forefront of all the other intentions right now for you personally. And make sure it's yours and not someone else's, something that's very true for you, something you know would create more ease, more flow, more joy, more success in your life in whatever form you're calling in. And connecting to that intention as I shuffle the oracle cards from the moon deck. You're setting this intention, which then can be infused into the cards. So even though we're from all over the world here, it's as though we're sitting in one room together doing this. I'm going to pick two cards, one to represent the core intention, and then one is the support system for that. Perfect, always. (laughs) Maybe we can get photos or something up. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So, the first card we got, which is the core intention card, is the manifestation card. So, it's uh, two women facing each other, and they're kind of reflecting each other. And it says, with focus and intention, I can shape energy in any direction. And this this was an intention meditation. So that's perfect that it's that intention manifestation card. Again, it says, with focus and intention, I can shape energy in any direction. So say that to yourself a few times. We say three times out loud or to yourself. With focus and intention, I can shape energy in any direction. So this is so perfect for today because we are focusing so deeply on intuition and the power of our thoughts and how, like, those clean uh, intentional prayers and thoughts can be food for the planet, and food for one another, and food for ourselves. And so, when we have focus and intention with sincerity, and nothing about this has to be perfect, it's all about the sincerity behind that that focus we're giving it. Then we literally become shapeshifters of our lives, of the energy around us and within us, um, how we take in information, how it then goes back out. So this is the manifestation card. When we learn to focus with intention, it literally gives us the ability to start to shape the energy in whatever direction. It's like, I want it to go that way. I want it to go that way. I want it to go up. I want it to go straight. I want it to be neutral. I want to feel this more deeply. And we can really start to shape that energy around us. Um, And of course, like we said earlier, there's ebbs and flows with that. Manifestation isn't like a one-way street. So if things work out a different way, we then trust that it's for our highest good. And we insert or inject like deep trust, because all magic or all manifestation or all the path of having a beautiful life, there's always going to be a, a, a bit of surprise in it. And that is the magic. So in, in any, you know, in any great spell, we always want to leave room for the surprise. And that's, that's how the magic unfolds. So it's like leaving room for the surprise, but still approaching that with focus and intention so that you can start to shape the energy in the direction that you know is for your highest good and for the highest good of all, of course. And then the the uh, support for that card, because we picked two, is the prayer card. Also perfect. That was such a huge theme today. I swear this deck knows I always say that. And this card says, I surrender to the power of prayer and devotion. I, sur- I surrender to the power of prayer and devotion. Again, I surrender to the power of prayer and devotion. And we always say to say these mantras three times. So this card is a beautiful woman with a water vessel that's tipped over and she's holding her fingers to her forehead in prayer. And there's flowers all around her. So this is very literal. It's like surrendering to the power of prayer and devotion, bringing prayer into your life on a regular basis. You can choose how you do that. It's personal and you can use things for inspiration and direction. But ultimately we want to tap into our own love language when it comes to prayer. And devotion, the power of devotion, where does that come in? The three minutes a day, the daily prayer, the choosing the card, the listening to these podcasts on a regular basis because we know it nourishes us. This is the devotional practices that keeps our net strong, that net of well-being, so that through the rise and fall of life, through the changes, we're just constantly reminding ourselves of that surrender and trust and the power that lives in that, and that is fueled, that is fed by the devotional practices by the prayerful practices and not only that but that devotional practice lets like our spirit guides and god and our intuition all these energies know that we we are in relationship with you and we are dedicated to be in right relationship with you my healing journey was about my my deep need to be in right relationship with my body and then that tr- started to transfer into spirit and So, whatever deep need you're like, what is it that you are so craving to be in right relationship with? Is it your body? Is it certain relationships in your life? Is it your power, your voice? Um, Like, show up for it just like you would for any relationship you care deeply about prayer, devotion. And then that is feeding this manifestation card. I surrender to the power of prayer and devotion is feeding with focus and intention. I can shape energy in any direction. They're linked in this reading very much.
0: Dentalk's podcast would not exist without these incredible people. Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Dentalks Podcast, and join us there.